You're listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Katie. How are you? You know, I'm living the dream on this fine Sunday morning in Arizona where the temperatures are currently 77 and getting up to 88. So after this, I will be over by my pool if you need me. The end. Well, I'm living someone's dream. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Have donuts? Yes. Donuts are necessary <laughs> on a Sunday. Not quite a pool, but donuts. I, I drove past a Krispy Kreme yesterday and they're like, most of them are gone from Arizona. And I was like, I remember getting those when I first started selling um, at, at a deco when I was still at a deco. Um, so selling talent um, and contingent workforce. Um, and I remember getting those for clients all the time. And your car would smell like Krispy Kremes for like a week after that. And you'd be like, feel like I might vomit. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what's happening. Um, all right. So this is the Inclusive AF podcast. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. We'll quit talking about donuts now. We're hot and ready. We are so <laughs> ready. Woo. It's like Krispy Kremes. Hot and ready. Hot and ready. And sugary, sugary, sugary. Let me tell you though. But delicious. Like one of them is delicious. <laughs> Two of them is not may you leave a little bit stains on your fingers a little bit. <laughs> you may die. Um, you wash your hands twice. So Jackie, what are we talking about today? Listen, uh, we're talking about base camp because I've loved every second of it. I've loved all of it. I loved it in case people are not aware. The cliff notes or the Jackie Katie notes are something went down at work. The EO says we're not talking about politics or religion anymore. 15 people Any said, social justice issue will not be yes. discussed. Anything hard will not be discussed. Anything that actually affects people will not be discussed. That's right. That's my, that's not quotes. That's my interpretation, yeah. but that's what he said. That's our, our, the Jackie Katie notes. And then people said, walk around and see. <laughs> <laughs> Test me. <laughs> It'll be fun. Like, <laughs> say it to my face and left. Apparently, there was a meeting, an internal meeting that said you can leave six months severance, no questions asked. Mm -hmm. But what was interesting, because um, me and Katie are both on Twitter all of the time. We're on Twitter and you kept seeing people popping up saying, I'm leaving after 17 years. I'm leaving after 11 years. I'm leaving after five years. Um, and I didn't realize there's still a small group. So 30% of the workforce. Left. They, lost and, a, they lost a third of their engineers. Yes. Um, and then I think other folks started following suit. Their CMO you, left. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the actual visual of like the engineering team and they crossed yes. out folks that, and you're looking at that and you're like, oh my goodness gracious, like they're going to be in trouble. Like just from a work, like, let alone what they said. And it was horrible, but also like, oh, Nelly, this could really impact base camp in a not so great way. So. But then also uh, a friend of ours said, I wonder how many people um, that were underrepresented or disenfranchised had to keep their job. And then we looked at the list. We're like, oh yeah, not a problem. That's not 
nope. Um, didn't have a lot of diversity, which was honestly probably why part of the reason why the CEO thought that he could say, we're just not going to talk about any of the things that are affecting our fellow citizens at work. Well, so it, dumb. Here's the thing. I don't like, I would, I would caveat by saying affecting everyone period. Like yeah. this, this is impacting people of color in a horrific, horrific way. But to say, we're not going to talk about it all to white people is also such a blow. Cause it's like, no, they're the folks that need to be talking about this. They're the folks Definitely. that need to actually listen and learn and go, oh, wow. I didn't realize, you know, I'm going to be generous here. I didn't realize that that was happening to this community or wow. Now I'm learning more, whatever they might in their head think, but to say, oh no, we don't have to deal with that. It's cool. It doesn't impact us. And no. now some of the things that he said were true, but don't matter. Like, oh, and this is a distraction at work. Yeah doesn't matter. It's more of a distraction to not have the conversation. And right. it's more where people don't feel safe. It's a safety issue. And that's the big piece because how do you even, who gets to determine that, like, who's the tone police and who gets to determine what is unspeakable? Um, well, you know, like every leader is going to come running to HR immediately and be like, they talked about this in a meeting, so we should fire them all. Well, um, well apparently there was a that list now. as well. No, they can't do that. They can't do that. <laughs> there was a list going around internally at the company of names that they thought were funny in the customer service group. And so, of course, when they looked at the list, um, they said that they were like ethnic names. And then the CEO was like, there was only like eight Asian names on the list, which I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes What's it happening? Yeah. I don't, you're you just like, you have delusions of grandeur to the point where you honestly thought it was so right. Like he wrote information about it. That's still up on their blog internally about, about their people, which I feel like there's, I mean, Besides the fact that I already think that enough white men are completely delusional in delusions of grandeur and worth to feel like they can share information like this. Mm -hmm. It's particularly interesting because this is not a startup. They've been in business for over 18 years. Right. And they're in the heart of it because I believe they're in Silicon Valley or that's where their headquarters is. Maybe it's Seattle. They have a, I think they have a distributed team. But like, yeah, how can you, how can you be so tone deaf and oblivious? Like I, that, that to me is like the excuse that we'll hear, but, and it kind of is already what we're hearing from them. But I think it's also the, we don't believe you. Like, yeah, you can't be that oblivious to what's happening in tech, to what's happening in the communities that are surrounding you that could impact all of your employees and specifically your people of color, well, like they, you can't like, be that dumb. People are dying in India. We're not going to talk about it. Asians are getting like beat up and killed in the street. We're not going to talk about it. Like black lives yeah. matter. Brianna, we're not going to talk about it. Okay. So what are we talking about? Like project management software? Boo. That's the only thing you're allowed to talk about. <laughs> yes. The only thing. Um, I mean, so we're not supposed to connect with humans. No, we don't. 
Well, it's kind of that whole, like, we don't care what you do after work, which sets a very different tone than it should in my opinion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't mean like, Hey, let's, you know, get them if they go to happy hour and do something stupid, but more the, um, how do you not care about your employees in the life that they like, I just spoke to a gentleman this week who was talking about the fact that he lives in Minneapolis mm-hmm. and his wife will not allow him to run at night. Now this is a big guy. Like he, you know, could take care of himself if something occurred, but the fact that his wife is like, absolutely not, you're not going outside after dark to run. Um, and you know, that is the type of fear that people of color are facing Mm-hmm. And yet we're treating it like, oh, well, no, we don't care. That's, that's not our problem. That's you after work. Like what? Right. <laughs> that's not the message you would ever want to send to an employee. So right. it's just fascinating. I found it, you know, it's fascinating, but it's just incredibly stupid. It's like, here's the, the thing that if people are listening and they're talking to their CEOs, like we know that internally, we're just a microcosm of what's going on externally from our offices. And in order to care and nurture your employees, real life creeps in to those spaces. And so we need to support our employees because there's a lot of stuff going on that are are creating people to be distracted. So, but if you feel safe at work, you're able to get through the day into a safe space. It cannot be an unsafe space. And that's already the problem with black and brown and, and, gay and trans and hey you just muted yourself jackie's gone on mute she's finished talking how did i do that i'm gonna i don't know you decided you were done talking to us just gonna talk to yourself for a minute um (laughs) sorry please continue your thought (laughs) whatever i said oh no i'm done okay Um, no (laughs) but you have to support it has to do with safety so you have to support your right people and recognize Mm -hmm. that they might be going through some stuff because there's a lot of stuff to be going through right now. Absolutely. And I I would also say it's kind of like, and I don't know if, if you ever kind of heard this analogy or have um, experienced, experienced this, but one of the things like for benefits and for comp and for some of the departments in HR, it's also the don't let your employees be distracted because they have to go file 45 pages of paperwork because they had a baby or because they had to take a mental health leave or whatever it might be like, don't put that additional stress on them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like as easy, as streamlined as whatever that you can make it do that so that people can focus at work and aren't, you know, oh my gosh, I have to get this from the doctor. I have to do that, whatever, whatever. But that is more like, again, kind of the well-being of your employee and making sure that they have the resources like, hey, if someone can NHR can help them do the paperwork in five minutes, they would probably take them hours to get done. Let's do that. Let's sit down with them and walk them through it. It's not a huge deal. Um, And so things like that, that's also what kind of comes to mind is the lack of awareness Mm -hmm. of how saying those words will impact your employees and they will be not focused on work. So you're, you know, you made the statement, you know, Hey, they said in there, you know, something about, we want people just to focus on work. No, you're creating a barrier. And so now all they're going to think about is, wow, this employer doesn't really care about me. This employer doesn't really give a shit that, you know, I'm going through stuff and I'm 
dealing with life outside of these four walls that's coming into these four walls because of what I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just, it's bananas. Well, and it says they don't care about their, their, um, whoever purchased their product because they said, we're about money. We're not about politics. We're not like social justice warriors or whatever. And it's just, it's just stupid. That's well, it. It's the whole, you can't sit by the sidelines and decide, yeah, we're not going to do this. Like we're not going to participate. A lot of people that. do like, that. This is the thing. I a know. lot of people do that in a different way. Like just by saying we're, we can't talk about politics at work. And then what they deem as politics are things like, I don't know, did you get your COVID shot or, um, you know, are we going to work it back in the office? Like all of those things kind of lead back to those places. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, let's just not talk about things that are impacting the world and just talk about ourselves. Yeah. Nasal gaping. <laughs> Nasal gaping. Oh. <laughs> Nasal gating. Oh, <laughs> is that like mountain climbing? I think noses? I need more coffee or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's been a morning. Um, yeah, I think the navel gazing route is always really productive for a company and really makes them sustainable long term. So, sustainable you know. is the word I was looking for. Thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> sustainable totally of assholes. Just sustaining, <laughs> not their actual chart. product, which will no. be. <laughs> like even that, like I, I, we need to let this one go. Cause I am just going to get more frustrated. It just was a dumb thing, period. And so I think how do, so I think what would be good to talk about is like, how do you navigate these conversations at work when things come up at work? Um, you know, this isn't a situation where, you know, nobody can sell their kids wrapping paper at work right. because we have to support everyone or whatever. Right. Um, I think it's important to have different discussions. I know one person that I spoke to last week said that they have like real campfire chats, like open forum discussions about things that are going on, like how are you feeling kind of things going on mm -hmm. at work. Um, I think it's always important to have somebody in place who actually knows how to navigate and deal with some of these situations. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's important to have a place where people can feel safe if they are wondering how, if we can rally to support an employee, you know, how can we do that? Um, one of the things I've been researching this week in particular for uh, CCAT was just how, what can we do with our veteran filters? What can we do to help mm -hmm. veterans more? And I think about that. I was thinking like, wait, do they help any of these veterans? Because there's so many things crossing over, trying to understand the life of someone who serves our country and how we can bring those into the fold. And in talking to a lot of various veterans this week, they have told me some horrific stories from organizations that have like army in the title of the organization and then say, oh, we don't hire veterans here you have to go someplace else or not looking to embrace the people that try to keep us safe. And so it's a, it's a real dotted line segue into that topic, but I think it's a, I think it's important to think about what things are we trying to shield people from mm -hmm. or discourage people from sharing and how does that impact us at work? Well, so on that one, I'm going to sidebar for a second because I think veterans is one that I think always gets 
you know, you get the whole, it's difficult. We can't find them. They, we know, we don't know what they did. There's now like a, a bunch of different sites that you can go to, to navigate. Okay. They were a X in the army Marines, whatever they were. This is what it translates to in civilian terms. Mm -hmm. And it's just for the very fact of like, there is some, okay, well, what did you do there to actually like what job would fit? But again, this is where the, it takes a minute and it takes a little bit of learning, but once you do, veterans are one of your best populations to hire because you have a higher population of people of color. You have a higher population of folks that know how to listen and do their job. And, and you have folks that are extremely loyal. So like, those are three great things you know, characteristics that you should be like, yeah, we want these people here. We want to hire veterans as much as we can. And yet you see this like, yeah, disregard or, oh, that's mm -hmm. too much work. It's too hard. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube. And you know what part of it is? Like, there's no pipeline. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> I hate you so much with love, um, said with love. <laughs> One of the things that makes me so frustrated is like, people will say, well, he wouldn't tell me what he did. So yeah, some people, PS, if you're recruiting veterans, can't tell you what they did, right? You have to let it go and, right. and start recruiting for values and core things and talk about your office, not their office to see if they put those things on their resume, stick to that, mm -hmm. save yourself because yeah. you're going to make yourself look and feel really stupid. So, and I think there's another group there that's like indigenous peoples are so disregarded for, you know, what they can bring to an organization. And Again, there's just a ton of tools and a ton of resources that are out there that are, how do we connect to these communities? And I shouldn't say this because it's a major assumption. There are reservations on the land of most states. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's an accurate statement, but I'm in Arizona. We have indigenous. Well, there are in Google, in Arizona. I'll yeah. Google it. Oh, it's a bunch. We have like, I think we have 21 nations in Arizona. And so from a reservation, some of them are combined on reservations, which is a whole nother conversation for another day. But yeah, I think there are 21 tribes. It might be more. Um, what does it say, Jackie? What does your search say? There's a bazillion. Yeah. What there's is Google? A bazillion. That's what it's saying, that there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, just... it, well, and it is because like, I mean, with, I think with every um if anyone has a national park <laughs> in their state um mm -hmm. that was land that was stolen once and then another time once it was made into a national park um 
and again, that is a broad statement, but that's kind of what happened to most of these um, reservations is that they were granted land. And then it was like, no, 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 that land's too good. So we're going to give you this other land that's not great. Um, it's just interesting. 326 federally recognized Indian reservations, and there are nearly 700 tribal areas. And so they were looking at that there are, they just looked at the top, like there's there's 29 in Washington, 30 in Oklahoma, 75 tribal areas in Hawaii, 107 in California, and 222 in Alaska. And there's more everyone, like like you said, it looked like, you know, a, a lot of, of places. There's only a mm -hmm. few states that don't. It's easier to say the states that don't have Indian reservations are Arkansas, Delaware, Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Maryland, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Vermont, Virginia, and West Virginia. Which is interesting because, I mean, just knowing. Yeah, there were no Indians in Georgia or Delaware. Yes, there were. Oh, <laughs> no, that's oh, why I'm like, like, wait, <laughs> isn't Illinois? Illinois? Like, yeah, Illinois, I think it was I Iroquois. I, yeah. Ohio was the Chippewa. I know that because I'm from Ohio and everything was named Chippewa inappropriately. Um, and it, yeah, in the South, you had all kinds of indigenous groups. So anyways, no we're totally like, that was a long sidebar. Um, what were we talking about originally? Base camp. Then we went to- We were talking whatever. about not talking about politics at work. Oh yeah. So yeah, the we're going to ignore this isn't an answer. So, so you were asking, what should you do about it? So I'm going to tell you what I would do in my current role as a consultant doing diversity, equity, and inclusion consulting. I would ask who all was involved in the decision to write that statement and share it. Because if the PR team said, oh yeah, that seems great. Fire them. Every yeah. single one of them. Absolutely. And then uh, I would secondly go to the CEO and do what I'd like to do, which, you know, is what's the worst that could happen. Mm -hmm. Let's play that game mm -hmm. because like any, any good HR person, any good PR person would know how is this going to land right now today in 2021, knowing everything that's going on in the U S and abroad, like to your point, like, you know, India is not okay right now. There's a lot of countries that are not okay right now. How will this land? And any, I would hope any good HR or PR person would go, you know, this probably isn't a good idea right now. Let's hold on this and let's maybe just take a pause and think about this. Now I understand there's probably conversations going on that are hard conversations. The, the other route is teach folks how to have that conversation That's right. in a positive way. Like how do you have discourse without it going to extremes, you know, that you should be able to, like you said, pull pe people together and say, let's talk about this. And I, I think that's what I would do to, if, if it came on my plate, like we're thinking about doing this as a DEI strategist, I'd be like, what is the end game? How do you think this is going to play out? What are right. the repercussions for these types of things? And let's just talk in generic terms about what's affecting our employees today. Right. Just so you know, um, this is going on right now. And this is how I can, it's going to affect like 
whatever you think is happening, this, it's going to get worse in these areas and we're, and we're not going to be able to recover. Like, right. we're going to have to look at those things. Like, what are you really trying to say? You know, are you saying that you don't think people are working enough? Because that's a whole different issue. And I think that's what was missed in the article that the mem memo that first went out and anything that you see about talking about it is that he didn't say, y'all, I'm paying you for a full day and you're only putting in two hours. It wasn't like, right. okay, we can talk about this issue, but we need to still get our, this is how it's affecting our company. Like it right. didn't say, it didn't give anybody enough, enough context. And it was just like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not, that please never stop. is going to work. Please stop talking immediately, sir. Could you calm down? Could you, you calm, calm down? down? Nothing good can come of this. I'm a little angry. And yeah. I'm hurt by that. I've done a lot for you. I gave you a job. <laughs> I built this company with my own bare hands. I built the sons city of guns with rock and roll. Um, can we switch topics for a moment? Absolutely. Positively. So uh, we're going to go into something. You're going to beat me up a little bit. Very little. Okay. As much as you want to, you can though. Very Obviously good. feel free. I, I will take it. I love it. Yeah. Um, white people doing diversity, equ equity, and inclusion work. Yeah. Thoughts. Katie, why are you doing this work? You <laughs> Stop, it. Stop it immediately. Um, <laughs> no, this is the thing. Like, I will notice, you know, okay, this is going to sound really creepy. There are people that I know should not be doing this work that just happen <laughs> to be white women. Like, it wouldn't have mattered the race and or gender. They shouldn't be doing mm. this work. They read one book and saw one docudrama or something and decided they were experts shouldn't do this work um but i feel like you know i feel like it's not fair to we we're trying to not generalize all of these various people and i and i, I think that it's unfair when you say i need you to reach your people like i can't tell you like even as as open and transparent as we are I can't tell you how many times where I'm like, Katie, these are your people. These are your people. Get them in line. You need to talk to your people. I just know that people have got given you, I, I'm sensitive to the way people respond to you, but people have responded that white women should not talk about diversity and inclusion in the taking space. Mm -hmm. um, I think there are, I think the problem is when you look at the situation from diversity and inclusion, and then you, and then what happens, just like in other fields, we take out like the, we take out being like a feminist and white women feminist versus what's going on for the black woman experience is why people have that disconnect. Mm -hmm. Because historically, when you look at these groups that have women in them, the majority of white women stop as soon as their needs are met, right? Which are outside of black and brown people. Mm -hmm. That just means you have to do the work and educate yourself and be able to speak for all people. Because the other flip side of that is that diversity and inclusion is not just black and brown people and not just female people. So that's where I'm like, what are you talking about? I would agree with that. And I think the other piece, and you know this because you've <laughs> been roped into situations, 
I don't speak for everyone. And, and gotcha. I know I don't have the experience of everyone that I'm uh, creating awareness about and all of those things. And so I love having folks that have the lived experience come and talk to my clients or come and, you know, do some sort of workshop with my clients, because I think it's so critical to have that type of space where, I mean, and, you know, you have been a part of a year long program with me, with a client, and they've now spoken to multiple groups. And we, we did focus a little bit on race for a few months and, you know, some of the different pockets that are in Arizona and, you know, who we need to be aware of and all that good stuff. But we are also diving into things like psychological safety. We're diving into things like power and privilege Mm -hmm. and, and those are also really tough to navigate. And so there is a piece of me that what I say or how I talk about it is I'm not going to try to speak for every group because I don't have that experience. That's right. But there is an approachability piece where I can say things as a white woman that maybe a person of color could not say and vice versa. And people so it's say also, shit, listen, people say stuff to you that I'm like, are you kidding me that they would never say to me, which means to me, I'm so glad that they talked to Katie because they wouldn't have talked to me about what's right. going on. So there right. would not be a, a conversation because there's been situations that I've been pulled in and you can tell where even as we go through it, that people are hesitant or afraid of having real conversations. Mm-hmm. And the flip side is, I don't know why some of the, some of the people you talk to really not afraid, Katie. They really not afraid to talk to you about things that I'm like, somebody said what? Yeah. And, and I guess that's part of it too, is like, there is that comfort there that they will say things that, that then I can educate from a different way. So even, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about minorities and, and that is one of my cringy words. Like, cause I'm like, yeah, well, actually they're not. <laughs> so let's talk about that first. Yeah. Um, and so just even educating on silly things or, you know, not silly, but, you know, things that are for me, just common knowledge for like you, you should just, know better. Yes. You should know better, but they don't, and that's okay. And that's part of the learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also things that I agree with you. They'll share with me that I'm like, Oh, wowzers. Okay. Yeah. We need to start at a different place. than I thought, yes. And well, I, the other day I was listening to a podcast. I'm very specific about my podcast. You know, we do this work and then every Sunday we are recording stuff and we talk about it every day. So like in my personal free time, I don't listen to things about diversity and inclusion. I do it when I'm working for a specific goal. But this day I was listening to a book review of this woman who was like, who people hire in to do diversity and inclusion work. She literally tells her story that she was a coach, like a life coach person. Mm -hmm. And she read white fragility, the book and said that she was doing it wrong. She read that one book, realized she was doing it now. And now she teaches diversity and inclusion because white women don't understand. And she's woke because she read one book. So now she knows that it's another experience. And you know, from that book that all it does is create damage for white women just damage themselves with no resolution on how to get to the end game and they're all just say we're bad people like oh sorry black person i'm a bad person that's usually as far as it gets so she just i don't know she's like a sadomasochistic um clubhouse 
sorry, fans of the book. That's just how I see it. I agree. And I mean, I don't know that we've ever talked about that book on here. We've never talked about it. No, we've yeah. talked about, yeah, no. We haven't. It is one of those books that you are like, God, I wish this was good. I wish this was I wanted so helpful. much for this to be helpful. Yes. And you're reading it and you're going, wait, what? Like, really? Yeah, this isn't helpful for anyone. Um, but I also think for me, it's also the, there are so many good books from people. I mean, in movies, like you can watch Crip Camp and learn more about people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. You can watch um, 13th and learn mm-hmm. about the historical context of um, imprisonment for black men and women. You can learn about some of these different topics. And it's like that book is at best, like junior level, you know, and at worst, to your point, like damaging as heck mm-hmm. to people. So I, I agree with you. Like, I think there is it, the other one that kind of gets to me or kind of sticks in my craw is the now I'm a di- diversity expert because I talked to someone who is gay. Now I'm, I, I'm right. a diversity expert because I have a friend who's trans. Now I'm a, a diversity expert because mm-hmm. I married to someone who's a person of color. And right. you're like, no, that's not how life works. Like, I, I can tell you, my husband experience. is no diversity expert. He might be. You just he show is not. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that's another day. I keep saying that. One day, I re- we really have to have him on because I, I know so he's, so good. he's so good. He's so good. do that. But I do feel like that. To me, if you looked at like Hood Feminism, is a book that I love because I feel like. It, it gets to the point to talk about women, the battle between white women and black women, like legit, if you go through history and that's a whole nother, that's the whole thing that I think is an important part, specifically if you're going to be a white woman going into this space, mm-hmm. because you need to learn. I think white women don't realize their own bias against black women, that the all women are not included in a lot of the narrative. Well, that's I. So I, I'm just like to lean up. in. Remember the book Lean In, and we, black women are like, "Yeah, that's not happening." But from that, we got the memo from Minda Hartz. So right. I will say that that book was amazing, um, and it is like the you almost have to have like your like that example is a great one of you have to have like a counterbalancing book from women of color, and you're like. Why? Why can't we just, so I was reading a book. I'm trying to look it up right now and I'm not reading it because I'm doing audible. So me not really reading. That's a lie. I love um, you. I have books all over my desk. I yeah. I'm, I have so many books in my um, library of audible. It's not even funny, but invisible women by Carolyn Criado Perez. I might be mispronouncing that a little bit. Um, her book, like and, and I don't remember what section it is, but she was just talking about the white women versus women of color. And her whole point was like, you know, even the suffragettes, like they were white women who were like, no, 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 we don't want you black women to be with us when we're doing this. And so they actually like snuck into the back of the line at, you know, during the, a parade and, you know, things like that, that you're just like, how dumb are we? Mm-hmm. 
as a white person, like how dumb, like right now, I think there's such a, I feel like it's positive, um, like partnership between black people and Asian American Pacific Islanders. Like there's just, they're all kind of coming together to work together on these horrific acts that are happening to them. And that just feels so good because it's like, yeah, you are, you get it. Like you get that. It's like, if we're all in it together, we all win versus I'm going to go do my thing. I don't want to be involved with your thing. No. And it might not be the exact same issue, but it is definitely like, we want equal rights. We want to be accepted and left alone. Um, And so, yeah, I think there's just so many, so many ways that we could do this better. But I think it's the bandwagon effect is kind of just driving me crazy right now because these folks that I've heard speak in the past and you're like cringing the whole time by how they're speaking about different groups. And then you, now there's some king or queen of diversity and you're like, I I can't, I can't, mm -hmm. I'm going to say, and I don't know if you've read this yet, I'm going to recommend heavily and we'll put it in the show notes for reals. Um, because sometimes I say I put it, gonna put it in the notes, and I didn't. No, I didn't get it in the notes. I forget. But I am going to do it this time. It's a book that's called um, "A Black Woman's History of the United States," mm. and so you know it goes back. I think sixteen um, hundreds forward, and it prioritizes lots of voices, but it talks to Mm -hmm. enslaved women, freed women, religious leaders, queer women, women who lived outside of the law from the black perspective of the navigation through the United States. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that should be almost like, if you're going to go into this work and you want to make sure that you're doing the right things that you have, you don't forget this lens. It's important to know because that's the other that's the other issue that I think comes up. And I think this is fair. This is like a debatable issue that you might think doesn't count. A lot of these, a lot of what you see when we're talking about diversity and inclusion, they aren't understanding the message and the goals of which we're trying to meet. Like mm-hmm. when you talk about when they say vendors, like diverse vendors or minority businesses is what you hear a lot. And they include women into that, that respect from Mm -hmm. a political standpoint, it's BS because you see people giving to businesses that are owned, just their husband just switches over the name to their white wife and then say, oh, then you're giving to it, but they're not, they're still getting the benefit from this white man being there. Mm -hmm. And then you're not really giving that the purpose was not just to give it to a woman, like you're giving it to someone who has a business where historically didn't have an opportunity. So you have to look at those things deeper than just a checklist of these are the vendors that you can go to if you want to make impact. And so in the the uh, there was a school board that removed white women from minority owned businesses they have it separate they have separate ones where you can do that but that doesn't count into your when we're talking about having diverse vendors that doesn't diversity they don't count yeah that diversity spend yeah and it's funny that you say that because i'm actually right now building out a um how does DNI impact every department in your organization? 
And so kind of going high level, like, okay, procurement, sales, what are the things that, you, you know, product development, all of these different things, like what do you need to be thinking about? Because I think for so many companies, they do go, oh, HR will take care of that. And like letting the, like the marketing team know, hey, don't use stock photos that aren't actually reflective of your team or use stock photos at all. Cause that's just not, gross. yeah, it's just gross. Um, and being thoughtful about some of that stuff and being thoughtful about like, how is it actually, how are you presenting yourself to the world? And, you know, and there is that message that I've heard. And I actually, I agree with this to a point is I get asked the question of like, Hey, we're trying to do marketing. We're using our employees, but we don't have diversity. So how do we talk about that? Or what do we do? And I'm like, you're honest. Hey, we're working on it. Own it. Yeah. We're not there yet, but I, I, I've heard some, you know, counter defense of like, oh no, you shouldn't do that. Cause that also looks like you're just trying, but not actually doing anything. And I'm like, well, it's not something you can use forever, but for, right. you know, the first six months of working on this stuff, you absolutely can and should. Um, but I also think there's just, there's just so many layers, as you know, there's so many layers and so many things to be thinking about. And I just don't think everyone takes that time to actually no, because it gets tired you know like it's exhausting the jim stroud podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives brain-to-brain communication robot bosses microchip implants for workers and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud podcast. Like, I'm not even, you know, should it's like running a marathon and then it's like, wait, you didn't win. Like you got in a taxi and you went cross country, but you kind of think, well, that was kind of smart because it sucks, (laughs) but you give back your medal. That's all. Yeah, that's all. You know, and, and that's what I think from the recruiting standpoint, from my lens, that's what the biggest challenge is, is that you just get tired. You just get Mm -hmm. so tired. Even, I think that's what is interesting about the kind of work that we do. I know, so I think everybody feels like this is easy. Just like people think hiring is easy. Like Mm -hmm. they don't need human resources. They need to build a product. Like there's all these things where people think that they can do it, you know? and then when they get into it, you, the exhausting part is like, you have to tell the same story over and over to every department as soon as it comes up, like every day. And that's why every diversity inclusion person I know in their own companies is like the Debbie Downer. It's like the mm-hmm. anti-fun committee. It's like the no fun committee. Like, sorry, we need to consider these things until people can do it for themselves. And right. you don't want to say you know we can't do we're not doing just relay races at our company picnic but you can't do that if your impact is this and so I think that's the other thing that's happened with so many organizations that say that they have um a, a desire to increase diversity in the organizations don't recognize what they don't know what that means right they don't like you know, well, and just... it's, it's the like, oh, well, we have workers in our warehouse that are people of color. And you're like, cool. Who's in leadership? Mm-hmm. 
it's kind of that conversation too of like oh no no we're totally diverse and you're like but are you really because your first and second line of leadership is all white people mm -hmm. so and that's the thing that i harvard business review talks about like this is this is something that we were talking about with organizations that had try to have diverse slates and it's like you can't just have a diverse slate like you have to have three underrepresented people on the slate mm -hmm. for every one you know white male on the slate mm -hmm. you have to have three non-white male cisgender able-bodied people yeah. moms on the on the slate yeah, I mean, I, I actually have read the article about that you cannot have one person that's diverse or considered diverse. Um, and it is like, yeah, you, you have to have two or three or more in that slate, or it's statistically impossible yeah, for zero the person to be chance. hired. Yeah, zero percent chance with and, one diverse person. Yeah, and I love having that conversations with people like on the finance team and stuff. And they're like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> thanks i'm super good at the maths right okay you go i'll go over your books if you go over i had to have that conversation last week because we were talking about gdpr and diversity recruiting and there was a sales guy that started going into it and i was like listen i promise not to sell anything as long as you stop talking about shit you know nothing about nothing about yeah i don't even know how much the product costs my job is to tell you what you need not what you can afford right your job is to tell them what you're selling them, not oversee their diversity and inclusion program. Right. Like we have to navigate through these things. And you're talking about something you know nothing about. And that's right. what you have to, that's why you have to stop. You want everybody to be, a, to be knowledgeable about diversity, but it's a continuous thing. And there's a lot of places for it to go sideways. Well, I think I, I agree. And I actually had the opportunity to, um, have a couple conversations with someone who's also a DEI consultant and we kind of got into it a little bit because there was so much opinion versus fact and I'm totally cool with you having your opinion but when it comes to like working with a client you kind of have to leave some of that at the side and go here's the data to prove what I'm saying not just I feel or I think because you lose people because it's not just about oh hey this person came in and told us to do these things why Where's the data to prove this actually will work? Where's, you know, the HBR, HBR article is a great example of like, hey, this is why you should have a diverse slate and this is how you do it mm -hmm. so that people actually understand and then can actually see the math and can see why it's important to have two or more. And so it's the like stuff like that, that you just gotta go, you know, this is where you need that expertise. People who've done this, who've been through this, not someone who's passionate about it. And we love people that are passionate about it and stay passionate about it and rally yeah. and get people together and do those things. But the, because the problem is you don't have, when you literally legit, you will be standing talking for all the underrepresented people at an organization by your freaking self. And mm -hmm. they're looking to you to make the space. So right. it's hard. So if you can't take the blows, you have to bring somebody else in or step aside mm -hmm. because it will get ugly. And what happens is the opposite impact is what you say. And then you have some freaking CEO that says, 
we're just not going to talk about it at all because we can't seem to have a good conversation that's it's hard and yeah. so and it's really uncomfortable it wouldn't it just be easier like that's what i hear a lot from recruiters wouldn't it be easier just to hire these people no you know like yeah just to get butts in the seat but i thought yeah. you were doing something a little different than that yeah i thought you actually cared about this and wanted it to be a sustainable program that we actually implemented forever right and and created spaces where folks can feel accepted and feel safe and feel like their company cares about them and isn't telling them don't talk about that because it's uncomfortable for some folks it's uncomfortable for us too somebody told me that the other day they're like oh you're so strong and so confident when you go in there i was like no what no <laughs> it's just yeah. my job to do it's right it's my job it's my job <laughs> yeah and it's so also I take the, it very serious. Well, and you also, you have to be the expert in the room to be able to get folks on board and you have to know your stuff because it, like the, the joke, I always, maybe this isn't, it's funny to me. I was about to like, say, is it funny a joke? It's funny to <laughs> me. So that counts as something. Um, when you talk to the CEO, you're talking about bottom line results and you know why this will impact their brand, all of these different things. When you talk to the CEO, you're talking about the financial benefit mm -hmm. and again, those bottom line results, but you're not talking about the feel good or why you should do this because it's a great thing to do. You're talking about the numbers. Mm -hmm. When you talk to the chief operating officer, you're talking about, okay, how will this impact the product? How will this impact the people that come and work for you? How, you know, like, and so there's certain things that you kind of focus on with each person to make sure that they get, why is this important to you and why? And that's what I was saying, like the department thing, I sat down and started thinking through it and I was like, yeah, DNI touches every single part of the company if it's done right. Because mm -hmm. it's, you know, from comms and PR to um, finance with procurement, like we said, it's, you know, things like you don't realize like in sales, how are you having your people talk to uh, prospective buyers? How are you having your people learn how to speak to different people who are different than what they're used to? <clears throat> and also how do you talk about your products and how they are inclusive and that they are something that multiple folks can do and things like that, that it's like, yeah, we need to do better. Yeah. So anyhow. That's, I'll get off my soapbox now. All right, my friends. What is one thing you want to make sure folks get out of this episode? Diversity inclusion work is a, it's a study. It's a work. Um, that's no, there are no set fast experts because we're already learning the journey, but it isn't a passion. It's taking the data, the facts, the information and sharing that information with clients. And so there's a difference between understanding the importance and becoming a spokesperson for all things diversity and inclusion. Awesome. Uh, mine kind of goes along that same line. It's the, you have to keep learning. You have to keep growing because things change things are changing rapidly right mm -hmm. now. Uh, you know, if you talk about, you know, some of the bans on trans um, acknowledgement in schools and, and you're talking about, you know, things like, uh, did you freaking hear Kate? Sorry, different podcasts. 
I'm telling you what I'm learning, Jackie. <laughs> Just bite your tongue. We'll talk about that later. Um, I'm going to go on mute and tell everyone what I think. <laughs> um, but I would also say it's the, and this is hard work and the pain and strain that you go through in a work week, talking to people and working through some of the stuff and some of it, you are going to go, shoot, I don't have an answer. And that's when you reach out to other experts who have different experiences than you do to go, what would you do in this situation? Or how should I talk about this? Like I have one of my very dear friends, Angela Huey, who will be on the podcast soon. Um, I will beg her because I haven't even asked her yet. I need to. Um, she is like the spokesperson for all LGBTQ people in Arizona, pretty much. She runs one community and she's amazing, but I will call her and be like, so tell me about this thing. Tell me about this legislation that's going through. Like, what do you think about it? How does this impact folks? Um, and I think that's part of it too, is just really thinking about how are you learning and continuing to learn? And then the last piece I'll say is no matter what size company you are, you need to look at the spend with vendors. So like, look at who you're actually giving money to, to help you with your business. And it doesn't matter. Like I'm a one person organization and I look at it every time I talk to someone like, okay, who is this person? What are they all about? Do they agree with the, you know, the things that I'm working on? Cause it can be hard. And that is all I learned. A lot of things. I learned a lot of things every I, day. I, I see. I love that. I, I'm going to make another ask because we never ask people this. If you like what we're doing, can you give us a review? You know, if you watch us on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Google or any, wherever you listen to us and you like what you're hearing, will you give us a review, a positive review. If there's things that you hate about it, you can give us a review too. No, 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 no. Yes, we, like we get better. We get better. If you better. don't like it, shh. <laughs> Just We're inclusive AF, except for people oh. who don't like us. That's not the name of the show. Oh, crap. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, please do give us feedback, both constructive and positive. Um, and we also have Cup of Joe as an option if you uh, like us and want to help us continue to talk about these topics and, and share them with the world. Um, consider buying us a cup of coffee, um, which is, we got a cup of coffee this week. That is lovely. We did. We got actually 10 cups (laughs) of coffee, coffee. which was phenomenal. Um, and that person will also be a future guest. Um, all right, then thank you so very much for joining us. This is Katie and this is Jackie and this is the inclusive AF podcast. Bye. Bye. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you 
and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.